This is the Olive Wellness Podcast, brought to you by the Olive Wellness Institute. Welcome to Episode 4 of Olive Wellness Podcast. I'm Sarah Gray. For more than 20 years, Australia has built a world-class, high-yield, quality extra virgin olive oil industry. The process of extraction is not only simple, but sustainable and environmentally friendly, insists agricultural engineer Leandro Rovetti. Leandro is a leading researcher and advisor to new olive industries across the world. In 2009, he was appointed alternate director of the Australian Olive Association for three years, a period during which he was also the lead drafter for the new Australian standard for olive oil. He explains why extra virgin olive oil is superior to other oils, not only in quality, but in the array of health benefits. And yes, you can and should cook with it. First though, Argentinian-born Leandro tells Nicole Goodman why, of all the types of farming, he chose olives. It's probably a bit of a long story. Um, I fell in love with agriculture first after spending endless summers at my grandparents' farm. And that's how I started agricultural engineering, um, thinking that I was probably going to get involved with broad acre farming, a bit more wheat, soybean sort of thing. But then once I got into it, I really liked uh, fruit crops. Uh, They were certainly a lot more challenging and offering a lot more opportunities to do research and have some proper technical input. And very much at the same time, I'm originally from Argentina, and very much at the same time in Argentina in the early 90s, the new olive industry was you know, being established, and it was kind of like the new big thing happening in agriculture. And that's how I got involved, uh, interested, and then once I started working with it, it, it really the product and the history and everything behind it hooked me in, and it was very difficult to leave it afterwards. Mm-hmm. And where was your grandparents' farm? It's actually in the center of Argentina. Um, they have an Italian uh, heritage. Uh, I came to Argentina about close to 100 years ago, and uh, it was right in the middle of Argentina, mostly the flat pampas, kind of like typical agricultural land. So how do Australian olives and our olive oil industry compare to those in Europe and, say, the U.S.? It's actually very interesting because Australia, like a new producer of olive oil, a bit like some other countries in South America, Argentina or Chile or South Africa or even California, they're actually very new in terms of production. They only started producing olive oil in a meaningful way um, only you know, a couple of decades ago. Uh, when we compare this with the Mediterranean olive industry that had thousands of years of history, uh, it's certainly very recent. Definitely we don't have the tradition that Europe and the Mediterranean has, but that gave us the opportunity to start what we call a modern industry, a a different way of doing things that led us to being able to produce olives with higher yields, um, more cost-effectively, and by using technology, uh, being able to produce a high-quality product at a competitive price. So what variety of olive is used to make extra virgin olive oil? Is it the same across the world? Uh, with olives and olive oil, it's a bit like with wines. Um, probably the only thing is that the consumers are maybe not that aware of the different varieties. Uh, we certainly know them in the background. There are thousands of varieties of olives grown around the world, but probably I would say, and again, similar to wines, uh, around 10 to 20 varieties probably make up 90% of the olive oil in the world. They have definitely very different characteristics, you know, from being more robust to lighter flavors, different type of fruitiness. 
And in Europe, in the Mediterranean in general, they are very, very country-specific. Koronaiki, main variety in Greece. You know, Piqual, main variety in Spain. Fantoio, Colatina, main varieties in Italy. While in the case of the new industries like Australia or, or in California, we had the luxury of actually bringing them all. And, and you know, having in one grove planting Italian varieties and Spanish varieties and Greek varieties side by side is kind of like very unique from modern industries like ours. So functionally then, what's the process used to extract the olive oil from the olives? Well, to produce an extra virgin olive oil, uh, it's a very simple mechanical process. It's, it's very much like almost squeezing the f- juice out of an orange. You know, but we do it from the olives, and it's a bit more complicated because we also need to separate the oil from the water that is in the fruit. But the process is very simple. We essentially crush the fruit, the entire fruit, including the pit, through a, a grid with stainless steel hammers. And then the paste is almost like a taponite, gets mixed for about an hour at ambient temperature to allow the little tiny droplets of oil to merge with each other and form a bit of a larger face of oil. And then that oil from that paste is separated by a centrifugal force, you know, using a, a horizontal centrifuge, or we call it decanter. And then the oil that comes out of there still has a little bit of moisture from the fruit. And then that excess water is separated from the oil with a vertical centrifuge that you know, spins at almost twice the, the speed that the, the can. It's a very, very simple mechanical process with no use of chemicals or, or temperature. Is this a sustainable process? And so how do you minimize waste? From the point of view of the process itself, it's, it's very sustainable. We don't use chemicals, we don't use solvents uh, like most other seed oils do. Uh, and so from the point of view of the extraction itself, it's a very ecological, sustainable and environmentally friendly process. Certainly there is a significant amount of what we may call waste, we call them byproducts, um, which is the portion of the fruit that is not oil, that we don't use. The industry has been making a a lot of progress in terms of how to make the most out of those byproducts. And in in the current form, most companies uh, like ours, for example, would separate the remaining peat from the flesh. The peat is used as a renewable source of energy. Uh, We run, for example, our boilers and hot water systems and everything with peat. And the rest of the flesh can be used either for animal feeding or as fertilizer, you know, through composting. And more recently, we're even researching the opportunities of extracting some of the additional value that is still locked into that pumice, like natural antioxidants and and so on. How do consumers know if they're choosing a high-quality, authentic extra virgin olive oil? Are there any standards that producers need to adhere to here and perhaps other large markets like the U.S.? It's a very interesting question. Regretfully, it's probably not as simple as it would seem. You know, the consumers only get exposed to what they can see on the shelves. And probably the, the, the first step is it should be extra virgin. Within all the confusing denominations of olive oils, you've got olive oil, extra light olive oil, pure olive oil. Well, extra virgin olive oil is the highest quality of all those oils. It's the only oil that has been naturally produced and has all the benefits, all the health benefits uh, around olive oil. But then there's regretfully there's a lot of adulteration and mislabeling in the olive oil industry. Obviously, extra virgin olive oil is a very valuable product, but it's not that easy to produce. Uh, so consequently, there's a temptation to cheat and to mix it with other oils and make it pass. 
I would say that probably the key things that we normally recommend consumers to look for, it's apart from the extra version and the labeling, uh, ideally is to know the source of it. In most cases, if the brand belongs to a grower, there's a lot less likely that there's going to be any type of, of adulteration. To also look for um, the country of origin, normally, like any other fresh product, local is better. You know, and I always say the same in Australia. We have some fantastic olive oils, the same in California. So does Spain or Italy, but most likely the best Spanish olive oils, you will find them in Spain. Uh, and the best Italian olive oils in Italy, and, and the same happens with us here in Australia. And the other thing to probably look for, and very importantly, is the harvest date. Olive oil is a fresh produce. It should be ideally consumed within the 12 months of being produced. So checking the presence of harvest date in, in, on the label is a good indication, and, and buy whatever has been produced in that current season. So why should we choose extra virgin olive oil as opposed to other oils? What are the most compelling health benefits in your opinion? This is one of the things that really got me hooked into this industry is once you discover so many amazing things behind this product. Um, there's a famous researcher in, in the US called Dr. Mary Flynn and she put it quite simply. She said there's no other food in the world that has demonstrated scientifically to have more health benefits than extra virgin olive oil to prevent and to a certain extent cure chronic diseases. And that's that's where really extra virgin olive oil plays its more important role within the Mediterranean diet, which is sort of recognized to be one of the best diets in the world, is in the prevention of chronic diseases, especially cardiovascular disease, you know, through lowering blood pressure and, and improving your lipid profile in the blood but also reducing the development of type 2 diabetes, helping to control you know, on our waist and our body mass index, and also preventing the development of neurodegenerative diseases, particularly like Alzheimer's, and some type of cancer, especially most of the cancers linked to the digestive system, you know, pancreatic cancer, liver cancer, uh, bowel cancer, and, and even breast cancer. So just when you combine them all, there's a lot of evidence to show that the consumption of extra virgin olive oil helps to extend our life and, and in particular, you know, reduce the incidence of those chronic diseases. It's amazing then that there are so many myths around extra virgin olive oil, like there are some pan manufacturers that recommend against using extra virgin olive oil in their pans. So can you heat extra virgin olive oil in Teflon pans without ruining them? Oh, absolutely. There's <laughs> no problem. It's one of the things that... Um, caught my attention when I moved to Australia uh, because some of these myths are quite local. Somehow they developed uh, in certain areas and I'm actually aware of a couple of research papers that have been done specific on this topic, just proving that there's virtually an absolute no difference between the type of oil that you use you know, to heat on, on the pan. The pans will not be affected by the nature of the oil. And certainly extra virgin olive oil can be heated and, and can be used to cook with, and it's probably one of the best oils that you can use to cook with, not only because it will make the food that you cook with healthier, but also because it's fairly stable under heat, mostly because of its fatty acid profile and the antioxidant content. So does it have a high smoke point? That is one of the myths, uh, again, in, in the industry, is just trying to link the smoke point to the ability of an oil to cook with. Smoke point is really not a good predictor of how good the oil is to cook with. It essentially tells you at what temperature the oil will break down. But the majority of the smoke points in oils, including extra oil, is a temperature way above 
the temperature that you normally cook with. So what is relevant is, okay, how stable the oil is when it's heated at the normal cooking temperature. If we're cooking at 180 degrees, for example, and I want to keep the oil at, for hours at that temperature, how does olive oil compare? And extra virgin olive oil compares really well against most other oils, particularly seed oils, being a lot more stable under constant heat. So then how can we incorporate extra virgin olive oil in our everyday diet? And how much should we have? We can do what the Greeks do and eat lots of it. Uh, in Greece, the average consumption is somewhere, somewhere around the 17 litres per capita per year. Uh, well, in Australia, we actually do quite well in Australia. We're the largest consumers per capita outside the Mediterranean with around 2 litres per capita per year. It is actually quite large, but it's certainly way short of what they do in Greece or Italy or Spain. A lot of the health benefits that I was talking about before, they require consumption of at least 25 mils of olive oil per day and, and normally recommended to go between 25 and up to 50 mils. So in simple terms, it's two to four tablespoons of oil. How to use it, how to incorporate it, probably the easiest way to think about it is we should be having three to four serves of veggies per day. Well, think about one tablespoon per serve of veggies. So you either use the olive oil to stir fry the vegetables, to dress them, to bake them in whatever different ways, but it's certainly olive oil will help making the vegetables more palatable and at the same time will help us to absorb a lot of the really good things that are in vegetables. Some of the great nutritional aspects of vegetables, like for example vitamin E or, or carotenes, etc., they are fat soluble. So they really need that oil to help us or to help our bodies to absorb them and make the most of them. Leandro Rovetti. And that ends episode four of Olive Wellness Podcast. To learn more about the nutrition, health and wellness benefits of olives and olive products, please visit the Olive Wellness Institute website at olivewellnessinstitute.org. Until next time, I'm Sarah Gray. Thanks for listening. <laughs>